you allow him to turn the corner, mama, there goes that man. Puts up the shot. It's good. Kyrie Irving. Oh, if you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. Oh, boy. Welcome, everyone, to the First Pick Podcast, your source for NBA news-related content. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the First Pick Podcast. This episode, we're going to be doing something a little different. I kind of want to give you guys a history lesson if you guys allow me to. The Denver Nuggets just won an NBA championship. And in this episode today, we're kind of just going to be going over how they got there. What did they do? What kind of moves that they did? And we're just going to be monitoring what happens during a championship and like, what does an organization need to do? I'm really excited. I never really thought of doing something like this, but the opportunity arose and I feel like this could be a really fun episode for you guys to listen to and just, you know, get to know more about the NBA. First and foremost, obviously, congratulations to them. Their first championship in franchise history. Congrats to Nikola Jokic on winning the Bill Russell Finals MVP. And we're going to go over the stats and everything later, but I just wanted to get that out there first and foremost. What I want to make very clear is the Denver Nuggets are a really, a really cool franchise. They competed in the early 2000s. They had players like Chauncey Billups, Kenyon Martin, most notably Carmelo Anthony. They went up against those Kobe Bryant-led Lakers in the Western Conference semis and a bunch of other teams in the playoffs. And it was kind of looking like that was going to be their peak. They traded Carmelo. February 22nd of 2011 to the Knicks. Now, this package, it's a lot, but it's really key that we remember this. So in the trade, the New York Knicks got Carmelo plus other players. The Nuggets received Danilo Gallinari, Wilson Chandler, Raymond Felton, Timothy Mozgov, Kostas Kufus, a 2014 first-round pick, and a 2016 first-round pick. After that trade in 2013, we fast-forward a bit, a couple of mediocre seasons, a couple of bad seasons. They hire Tim Connolly. Tim Connolly is their general manager at the time. He is the guy that kind of operates the show. He does the trades, does the extensions, drafts these players. So he's kind of the mastermind behind why the Nuggets four won that championship this year. The story starts at the 2014 NBA draft. They drafted Nikola Jokic as a Eurostash player. In the second round, pick 41. For those of you who don't know, a Eurostash player is an NBA prospect that decides they will spend the first or even a couple of seasons with their professional teams that they were with prior to the draft. And then they'll meet the club when they are ready to transition over. We see that a lot nowadays in NBA players. One that I can think of within the past couple years, Nikola Miritich. He was drafted, stayed with his club overseas, made the leap to the NBA, played in the NBA for about four to five seasons, and then went back to his club or went back overseas to play with FC Barcelona. So same thing with Nikola Jokic. He was originally a draft pick from the 2014 NBA draft in the second round, pick 41. I want to really stress this to you guys. When a player is drafted in the second round, especially at a pick that late in the draft at 41, expectations are not really high for that player it's a lot of well he if he can pan out to a bench player we'll take it kind of situation i want to also make it noted how a whole taco bell commercial was being played when this man was drafted 
that's how little the NBA really knew about Nikola Jokic, and that's how much little the NBA world cared about Nikola Jokic. A literal commercial for Taco Bell was playing during this man's biggest moment in his career. Some stories even say that he was asleep during his draft process and he woke up and his brothers told him that he was drafted. This man was really the story of an underdog. Obviously, he stayed that one year, though, in overseas, but he came in 2015. That same offseason, they fired their head coach at the time, who was Melvin Hunt. After a lot of losing seasons, they then hired their head coach now, Mike Malone, regarded as one of the best coaches in the NBA. That same offseason, obviously, they had to sign Nikola Jokic to his rookie contract. They signed him to a three-year, $4 million contract, which is an insane bargain for a player. Obviously, no one knew he was going to turn into what he did. Jokic quickly impressed in his rookie year. He was a draft steal that but no one really thought that he was going to develop to what he did. As I mentioned, when you draft a guy at the second round in the pick 40s, you really don't expect him to be much but a bench player, really. Obviously, you have your Manus and you have your other guys who have exceeded expectations, but those come once in a generation. His rookie year, Nikola Jokic really impressed, averaging 10-7 and only 2.5 assists. And most notably, he played 80 of the 82 games, and he was first-team All-Rookie. For those of you who don't know, an All-Rookie team is essentially the five best players of that draft class, and uh, acknowledging that they did really good that season. So he was one of the top five players in his draft class. And you can kind of see how, in his rookie year, Jokic played a different brand of basketball from everyone. He played at his own pace. His passing was already showing glimpses of what it was today or what it is today. And even though it only shows 2.4 in the box score, he, he was showing flashes very early. In 2016, I like to call that season the year they got their Robin. Remember that pick that they used or that they got from the Carmelo Anthony trade back in 2011? Well, that 2016 pick from the Knicks became Jamal Murray. And in his rookie year, he averaged 9.9, .9, so basically 10 points. Two rebounds, two assists, and played a full rookie season. And not only did we see Murray... We also saw Jokic have a bump up his in his stats. He went from 10 points to 17 a game, averaging 9.8 rebounds. But Denver did miss the playoffs for their fourth straight year. I just do want to note how these trades that we see in the NBA, you never know when a team's going to hit, when a team's going to fail, when a team's on the rise. Getting that pick from the Carmelo Anthony trade back in 2011, you fast forward to 2016, so five years apart, and the fact that that pick became Jamal Murray, and Jamal Murray be essentially so crucial to them winning this championship, it's just, you never know what can happen, so I, I really do like that part of the story here. Fast forward a couple more years to their 2018 draft, they had just missed the playoffs in the last game of the season to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So which they were awarded the 14th pick in that draft class. And they selected Michael Porter Jr., another one of their core pieces to this championship team. Michael Porter was actually one of the best prospects in that draft before the season even started. He went to Missouri, but he suffered a lot of injuries. He had a big back problem. There was even stories about how Michael Porter was evaluated by multiple team doctors all at once, and they all were basically saying that he'd be lucky to play at least a couple seasons in the NBA. That's how bad his back was. The Clippers 
They had two picks back-to-back -back in the lottery. Usually, if you watch my mock draft, you see how if a team is picking back-to-back -back like the Brooklyn Nets, you can take a for-sure fire player and you can take a project player. The Clippers could have easily done that with Michael Porter Jr. because of his injuries. He was still one of the best players we'd have ever seen prior to his injuries. So you could have taken him, but they still decided not to. That's how scared teams were of his injury. But the Nuggets, they embraced it. Even knowing that Michael Porter Jr. missed his full season, his first full season, he missed it. That same offseason, though, there was something to look forward to. Their guy that they signed to that three-year, $4 million contract, yeah, Nikola Jokic agreed to a five-year, $146 million contract. Pretty nice payday, if I do say so myself. He then went on to average 18 and a half, 10.7, so double-double, and the assists are starting to creep in at 6.1 assists in 75 games. He's an Ironman in the NBA nowadays. He averaged a double-double. He's almost really high in assists for big men, so you can already start seeing the potential in him. So this is the 2019 season and i like to call this season for the nuggets the stardom of the rise for them they started off the season hot 21 and 9 Nikola Jokic really started to blossom it was his first all-star ever he was an mvp candidate and this year he averaged 20 10 and seven and a half assists in 80 games one thing i really like about Jokic is he doesn't miss any games he's not flashy at all he just goes in, does his work, clocks out, and that's something that you really got to admire. Averaging a double-double with eight assists practically a game is, is really, really good. You can already start seeing that the MVP and why he was becoming an MVP candidate. Murray also took that big jump. He went and averaged 18 and 5 a game. It was their first time in the playoffs, actually. they Their record was 54 and 28. They won their first playoff series in the Spurs in seven, which is a big feat if you first time in the playoffs since 2013. But they fell short against the Portland Trailblazers the next round. They lost in seven. But in those 14 playoff games, Nikola Jokic really started showing why he was that MVP. And I want to note how in the playoffs, we usually see guys kick it up a notch, but then you hope that they bring that over to the next season. So Nikola Jokic showed a flash of what he could do. He averaged 25, 13, and 8 in those 14 playoff games. So we're going to see here, it clearly did transfer over Nikola Jokic. That same season, he had a bit of a down year, but he almost averaged another triple-double. They were third in the West. This was the bubble season. Nikola Jokic averaged 29 and 7 in 73 games. Murray averaged 19 and 5. Jokic was named all NBA second team. Porter Jr. in his first year, because he sat out his first year with that back injury, he averaged 9 and 5 in 55 games. And they also locked up Jamal Murray to a five year, $170 million deal. That's just, you know, it's constant growth that you see with this, with that core Nuggets group. Obviously, they had a lot of injuries. We had Murray this season only play 59 games. Porter, he missed that first year fully, came back, only played 55 out of the 82 games. Nikola Jokic, still one of the Iron Men in the league, 73 out of 82 games. But you can already start to sense that these guys are putting together a couple of reps together, and it, it's turning into something really, really good. That same uh, season, it was the short lockout season. Like I, like I told you guys, it was the bubble. They came back 3-1 two times. During the bubble run, they called them the comeback kids because for a reason. They were down 3-1 to Utah round one, came back. 
They were down 3-1 against the Clippers, came back. So two 3-1 comebacks, that's a that's a really big feat in basketball. Nikola Jokic averaged in those playoffs 25-9-6. Jamal Murray also had a huge step up. He averaged 27-7-5. and And those 19 games, obviously, though, they did lose to the eventual champion, Los Angeles Lakers, in five. But like I mentioned previously, you just hope that everything that they took in those games transfers over to the next season. And it really, really did. That next year's trade deadline, they traded fan favorite Gary Harris, who was someone that they drafted, was homegrown. He was with the team. He performed well. He was a 20-point-per-game scorer at one point. But they traded him to the Orlando Magic for Aaron Gordon, who was an instrumental piece to them winning that championship this year. Everything was going good for them that season until Jamal Murray tore his ACL, an injury which most players would have retired from. We've seen players like Derrick Rose his athleticism fell off a cliff and it's really sad. He was the youngest MVP ever, but an injury like that is just, it's really hard to come back. But that also speaks to the level that medicine and sports has grown at a tremendous rate for a player like Jamal Murray to come back the way he did. It's really, really cool. That season though, Nikola Jokic took the jump that everyone knew was coming. He averaged 27, 11, and 8 in 72 games and was the front runner for MVP. He became the lowest drafted player to ever win the award, but they did lose to Phoenix that year in the playoffs. But I kind of wanted to stop right here. And this is when the basketball start the basketball world started to realize that Nikola Jokic was a special talent. Obviously, you see everything and you start putting the pieces together. Denver's building something nice, but it's always one of those teams that you whiff at in the playoffs. Oh, you can beat them. They have their weaknesses. You can already see Jokic starting to develop his three ball, his ability to keep everyone involved. And that really worked wonders for them. Becoming the lowest drafted player to ever win the award is just something that not a lot of people can say we're even in the conversation for. And like I said, this a commercial was being played during this man's most important moment in his life. And the fact that he didn't care, he put his head down and just worked and he became an MVP. That offseason, they brought in Jeff Green, who is one of the most respected veterans in the NBA, known for always playing winning basketball. He's a journeyman. He's been with tons and tons of teams, Memphis, Clippers, Celtics, Thunder, just to name a few. They re-signed Aaron Gordon and MPJ. MPJ was ridiculed with injuries, but he did have a 20-point-per-game season in there, so they gave him a four-year, $207 million contract. And to Aaron Gordon, who they acquired at that trade deadline, they gave him a four-year, $92 million contract. But that was the season that uh, Jamal Murray tore his ACL really late in the season, so he ended up missing that whole season. And MPJ also had season-ending back surgery, but that was no problem. Nikola Jokic won back-to-back MVPs this season, 27, 14, and 8 in 74 games. He led the Nuggets to the playoffs. He was one of the only few back-to-back MVPs. Just a tremendous story. And the funny part about his story is he accepted this award back in his hometown Amongst the people that he loves, he owns a farm and he was just happy that he was there more than he won the MVP, which is is something really cool. They did obviously, though, lose to the eventual champion, Golden State Warriors in five. So 
So if you start to notice this trend, the past two years, they've lost to the eventual champions, both the Lakers and the Warriors. So that's something to keep an eye out for. Now we're up to date to this past season where they drafted Christian Braun with the 21st pick out of Kansas. Christian Brown was a really, really big piece for them this postseason. We saw them play in spurts. He had a really big game four. He won at the high school level. He won at the college level. And now he one at the NBA level. It's just a, a feat that only a couple players reach in their career. And now we can say that Christian Brown was a really, really key piece for them. That same offseason, they traded Monty Morris and then fan favorite Will Barton, who had carried them through their really lone years over there in Denver. But they traded them for Kentavious Caldwell Pope and Ish Smith, two guys who were on this roster. Um, KCP is the perfect 3 and D wing in today's NBA. He's 6'5", really good defender, 36% and up from three. Ish Smith, another journeyman in the NBA, but extremely respected. He has big games when injuries happen and he's able to step up to the plate. That also same offseason, they signed Nikola Jokic, their two-time back-to-back MVP, a Supermax contract, five years, $270 million. A Supermax contract is essentially a contract that incentivizes the player to stay with the team that they've been on for even longer. Essentially, no one else could have offered that last year of the contract, however much he got per annually. The Nuggets were the team that offered the most money. But Jokic is the type of player that, like I mentioned, he clocks in, clocks out of basketball. I don't think he'll be leaving Denver anytime soon, and I don't think that was ever on the table for him or ever will be on the table for him. Another key signing that they did this offseason was they brought in Bruce Brown from Brooklyn. A lot of people whiffed at this last offseason and they thought, oh, the Nuggets got Bruce Brown. What a big deal. Bruce Brown, obviously, this postseason, tremendous talent. He's going to get paid this offseason, but he's already stated that he wants to stay with Denver. It's not all about the money. Bruce Brown... Another guy with a chip on his shoulder. Not a lot of teams wanted him. Any team that did want him ended up choosing the other guy because they just thought Bruce Brown wasn't going to get any minutes. And boy, were they wrong because Bruce Brown became one of the best role players in the playoffs. They also brought in DeAndre Jordan on a veteran minimum contract after a failed stint with the Los Angeles Lakers. But DeAndre Jordan is one of those locker room guys you just love to have in there. Injury insurance. He's 6'11". He's a big, big man. And I mean, for the veteran minimum, you can't go wrong, right? Murray and MPJ also came back this season. Murray in his first season post-ACL averaged 20 points and six assists, which is crazy to me because when Jamal Murray came back, this NBA season felt so long that I thought he came back like a year or two ago. This is the first season he's had since his ACL tear. And the fact that he's been playing at the level that he played is just astonishing Jokic this season averaged 25 11 and 9 another near triple double for a big man he's just transcending the game at this point now you expect your big man to be able to shoot rebound and pass and Jokic was really the trendsetter for that this season they were also the first seed which was the first time they were the first seed in franchise history so as you can see it's just constant growth ever since 2015 they've just constantly been adding pieces developing their young core to which the run started this postseason they they beat the minnesota timberwolves in five Jokic averaged 26 12 and 9 jamal murray went from 20 points in the regular season to 27 and 6 murray was always one of those guys that just turned it on in the postseason and 
He proved it once again this postseason. They then went on to beat the Suns. Jokic averaged a triple-double, a 35-point triple-double, 35-13-10. and 10. Murray continuing the hot streak of 25-7. and 7. They then went on to sweep the Los Angeles Lakers. Jokic averaging a 28-point triple-double, averaging 28-15-11. and 11. Murray was on a hot streak that series, averaging 33-6-5. and 5. And... Nikola Jokic, the Joker, won the Irvin Magic Johnson Western Conference MVP. Anything that could have gone their way, those series went their way. They were hitting shots. They they felt like they had an answer every time a team had an answer for them. Rose to the occasion. They never looked rattled at any moment. And like I said, they played eventual champions. They played the Lakers in 2020. They played the Warriors in 2021. They were battle-tested. They were able to take the hits and throw a couple hits back at the other team. They made their first finals in franchise history against the Miami Heat, which they actually won 4-1 to yesterday. Or this will be coming out Wednesday, so they won this on Monday. Nikola Jokic was, of course, the finals MVP, averaging 30, 14, and 7 assists with one and a half blocks. He is the first NBA player in NBA history to lead every single player in points, rebounds, and assists in a single postseason. This man had 600 points, 269 rebounds, and 190 assists in a single postseason run. This is coming from a guy who was drafted in the second round. No one expected this at all. A Taco Bell commercial was played when this man was drafted. And the fact that we can now sit here, back when he was drafted in 2014, he is now a back-to-back MVP, an Urban Magic Johnson Western Conference MVP, a finals MVP, and an NBA championship to go for to go with him. It's just it's just crazy, man. You gotta start putting him in those top center discussions because he's just he's doing this at a level and he's going at this pace that He's still young. He's still, he's 28 years old. This is the best years of his career. And he is not as athletic as everyone is. So you got to question, his game will transition really good. And let's not forget about the guy who just a year ago couldn't even walk. Jamal Murray averaged 20 and 10 assists. He had a couple games this series against Miami where he was a complete floor general. He had double-digit assists with zero turnovers. He had big scoring bursts. It's just when Murray was drafted, people knew that he had this microwave scoring potential. But the ability to take over a game and the ability to basically shoot out a team, no one thought that was possible. And the fact that he did that and still averaged 10 assists is really, really good. As you can see, though, the Denver Nuggets went through their ups. They went through their downs. But ultimately, it led to them winning their first ever NBA championship. And I kind of wanted to highlight them and give them their very own episode here at the First Pick Podcast. Without further ado, though, I want to say thank you guys for hearing me out, hearing this uh, history lesson, if you call it. If you guys really like these, let me know. Give the podcast a five-star rating. Like it. Follow the Instagram at the underscore first pick pod. I really do appreciate you guys giving us a listen. Remember, another Rumor Mill episode will be coming out. And also, Mock Draft 2.0 will be coming out. Also, we are setting a firm schedule for when episodes are coming out. 
We are going to be trying Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays all at noon. So please keep an eye out for those episodes. Remember, hear us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. I really do appreciate you guys giving me a listen once again. And thank you. Peace.